2: Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, preseason camp, taking a pause time, might be just a brief pause time, hopefully just a brief pause time, whatever time of day it is boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker studio here on a Saturday, oh let's call it early evening I think Recording this just around six o'clock Eastern. We'll go ahead and call that early Saturday evening. Hope your Saturday. Hope your weekend has been going well. Pretty good. Pretty good start to the weekend on this front, anyway. From the from a sports perspective, I know that uh, Tennessee football is uh, and Tennessee basketball are the primary concerns here. But some of us have other things that we enjoy also. Uh, obviously, it's not much of a secret. I'm a big fan of the Chicago Cubs, who are. Uh, off to a pretty good start against the Reds today, and uh, of Arsenal Football Club, which defeated Patrick Brown's Liverpool FC uh, in this morning's Community Shield over there in foggy London town. Pretty good start uh, to the weekend on that front. As for Tennessee football, obviously not much, uh, not as good of a start to the weekend. The Vols uh, putting a pause on preseason camp Friday, and if you want more insight uh, from myself and from Patrick Brown. On that specifically, you can go back and listen to the most recent episode we have of the podcast. We discussed that much more in detail there, what it means, what things uh, could be like going forward. Is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? Uh, Plus, there's some things about the quarterbacks that you're going to hear later in this podcast. That uh, if you want some analysis from that, you can go back and listen to our most recent episode. In this one, though, I'm probably just going to go ahead and stick to some interviews, going to go with uh, Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt in the first segment, and then going to tack on a bonus interview with Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes in the second segment. Uh, As for things this Saturday, uh, Tennessee is. It looks like the Vols are going to be back in practice tonight. I've been waiting on confirming that, but I heard today that the plan was to go ahead and get back into camp. Now, obviously, that means that they feel more comfortable with where things are from a COVID standpoint. Uh, It wasn't guaranteed to me that they were going to practice, but – I heard the plan was they were going to. So it sounds like that's what they are doing, maybe as I'm sitting here saying this. So uh, we'll, we'll have more information on that coming up later. Uh, you know, if, if there's a if there's a major update, we will provide one to you. Uh, certainly there's a lot of interesting th- things going on right now in the world, a lot of interesting things with COVID and, and football and can it be played, can it not be played, should it be played, should not be played. All sorts of interesting things, uh, but for this one, I'm just going to go ahead and get out of the way and get to Tennessee's coaches, try to mix it up a little bit. Uh, most of this podcast, obviously, is is me and the rest of the guys on the Go Balls 24-7 staff providing, you know, analysis, discussing things, uh, kind of telling you where we think things are with the Vols, uh, some subjective, uh, objective facts, subjective analysis, All those sorts of things, and that's kind of the backbone of what we do, but we do like to mix it up some, and I think for this episode, uh, sometimes it's good to just go ahead and hear straight from the coaches. You don't have to hear anything. Uh, You can hear all the questions, so there's no confusion there. You can't say somebody was taken out of context or anything like that. I think there's there's an inherent value uh, in the way that our world is right now. Uh, certainly, with all the the fake news discussions and right side, left side, all these other things, there it's just it's it's so hard sometimes to know what to trust. So I think in an era like this, uh, we have the resources to bring you full uh, full interviews, and I think it's important to do that because that way you can hear the questions, you can hear the answers, in, in, in their totality, and you can kind of make up your mind for yourself. Uh, Did he you mean this? Did he mean that? You, you can decide that. You don't have to have us uh, necessarily serving uh, as the middleman all the time saying, well, he said this, but what it really meant was this. You can just listen for yourself, and you can you can make that decision. So I'm going to go ahead and step out of the way. I'm uh, going to be back after this interview, but uh, for, I guess, the next 15 minutes or so, you're just going to hear an interview that uh, those of us in the local media had on Friday afternoon with Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt. So here is Jeremy Pruitt.
1: Now we've had six really good practices. Uh, obviously, the uh, last couple, we've had a chance to, to put pads on, and uh, it's been good for our guys, been good for, uh, been good for our coaching staff. So a lot of really good work, lots of competition. Um, you know, when you, when you put pads on, you get an opportunity to, to finish blocks. You get an opportunity to, to thud guys in practice. Uh, a lot more emphasis on ball security. Uh, getting balls out, um, had a chance to really work a lot, um, on Wednesday on special teams. You know, unfortunately we've had a lot of rain here, uh, for a couple of practices and not had a chance to get out there and, and kick balls operation with a specialist field ball. So, uh, that was, that was really good. We've got to continue to be able to do that. Uh, we feel like we have, uh, really good specialist, um, guys that can, you know, create explosive plays in the return game, so uh, getting a chance to do that's been been uh, good to get out there and get going to do it. Uh, today, uh, we elected not to practice. Uh, as, you know, you guys know, we, we continue to constantly test uh, within our program, and we have really had very good results uh, the entire time, uh, with the exception of, you know, like I said before, the when I gave them eight days off for the 4th of July. Uh, but this week, um, we had a few more, t- uh, we had a few more positive tests. Um, so, you know, I elected to shut practice down. We retested everybody again this morning, uh, to see where we're at. Uh, the, our number one priority here is to be able to protect everybody associated with our program. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Um, and as we get the results back, we'll see exactly where we're at, and and we'll start practice up accordingly. Uh, and with that, I'll take any questions. We'll start with Jimmy Himes.
3: Uh, Jeremy, what has impressed you the most so far with Jarrett Garantano, and, and what have you seen out of Harrison Bailey?
1: Well, Jarrett. Um, has a really good feel for what we're trying to get done offensively. Uh, Not only does he know what he's supposed to do, he has a good understanding for every position on the field. Uh, He can coach the guys. Uh, He's doing a nice job taking care of the football, working on his consistency, his footwork, decision-making. So he's had uh, six really good days. You know, Harrison uh, didn't practice for the first couple of days, uh, but, um, at our last practice, I thought he had a period there to where uh, he really kind of shined, uh, taking care of the football, getting the ball out of his hands. Uh, just like any, any freshman, he, he needs tons of reps. Uh, he needs it at the speed that the game is in college. And, you know, the, the more reps he gets, the better he'll get, just like uh, any other young player. So he's just got to continue to get opportunities. Go to Brent Hubbs, followed by Trey Wallace. Coach, I'm assuming that you're you're not going to give any numbers on, on, in terms of positive tests back, but is there a threshold number or is that just a gut feel from you as to when you're going to shut things down like you are today? And then secondly, um, how's D'Angelo Gibbs done for your team? Where's D'Angelo Gibbs with this team right now? You know, we've really, we've not put a number on, on the testing. It's just, we've, we've been very low to zero for the most part of the entire summer, uh, with the exception of one week. Um, so we wasn't at zero or one this week. So we want to make sure that we figure out why, um, obviously, um, uh, you know, back there in July, um, when we gave the guys off and everybody went their separate ways and the numbers were really high across the country, we came back and had more positive tests. Um, and, and now we've got the student body back on campus and it's something our, our student athletes are going to have to learn to live with. And we've got to make good decisions and, and, again, make sure that when it comes to um, who you're around, you understand that you have to have a mask on at all times. So um, we're, we, we want to make sure that it's not spreading within our building because to this point we've had zero spread in the tracing from within our building. And that's just one of the things we wanted to make sure of. And as far as D'Angelo Gibbs, uh, D'Angelo is uh, elected not to play uh, this fall. He's going to focus on his uh, academics, and um, you know he can. He's can. He's still with our team. And he's and he's continues to uh, do a really good job academically. But he's going to set this fall out.
4: Trey. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Jeremy, have you been, um, I know things were kind of sketchy at first when getting test return results back um, when everything got started. Uh, Have you been pleased with where you were at now with the turnaround time when it comes to tests? Because um, there's a scheduled practice tomorrow after the the players march. So I'm kind of wondering where your head is at with that. and, And if you, or anticipating results back tomorrow where you'll be able to practice?
1: Well, it's been easy to, as far as transmission, uh, with the the players that we've had tested positive over the course of the last two months. Um, If there's been spread, it's been, um, whether it's in somebody's apartment or somebody's dorm room, um, you know, so um, that's one of the things that, that we've been able to kind of figure out. Uh, with, with this time, with with we just wanted to take a day or two uh, to go back and make sure that we're very thorough uh, with each one of our players and and figure out uh, where the initial uh, COVID came from. Uh, and if that means we can't practice tomorrow, then we won't practice tomorrow. I mean, this was my decision uh, through our uh, athletic training department and Dr. Clink. Uh, but, it, again, it's, it's about protecting everybody in our program. We we get 25 practices, right? So we got a bunch of days to get them in. Uh, it's not like we're running out of time or anything like that. It's just we want to make sure that we're protecting our players uh, and reassuring their safety. We'll go to David Paschal followed by David Ovens.
3: Jeremy, just wanted to ask you about Brandon Kennedy. Obviously, you go way back with him. How much has he kind of grown? I guess he turns 24 this fall and will leave with multiple degrees in a few months. How much has he grown, and uh, just what kind of intangibles does he bring to a roster?
1: Well, he's a smart guy that's very dependable, uh, brings really good leadership. He's tough. Uh, It's like having a coach out there on the field. Uh, So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, that, that unfortunately, um, you know, because of injury, didn't get to play a whole lot early on in his career, but uh, he's got the opportunity now, and he continues to work hard to be the best player that he can possibly be. David?
3: Uh, Yeah, Jeremy, when you try to sort of figure out where this comes from, do you guys have any guesses of sort of uh, why you guys have had some more positives? And also, do you have any update on Cade May's appeal or where that stands right now?
1: Yeah. You know, David, it's, it's uh, you know, when you start trying to, to go back and figure it out, you know, the first thing is we, it takes a lot of communication. Uh, You want to, you want to make sure that, that uh, it's not being transmitted within our, uh, within our building uh, first and foremost. So uh, just going back and gathering the information and, and figuring out, so that that's something that that we've done the last uh, forty eight hours, and we'll continue to do that.
3: We'll go to Gentry Estes, followed by Ryan Schumper. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy. Um, I was going to ask about uh, uh,
2: the protest tomorrow and, and moving practice to, so so players could attend and. I'm curious what the discussions maybe in-house have been like the last couple of days of what's been going on in sports. And also, I mean, do you feel like the platform continues to change, uh, for, for sports, which the sports world seems to be taking a leading role in this?
1: Well, all I can do is comment on our team. Uh, and this rally has been planned with our players and within other student athletes across our campus. Uh, you know, for several weeks. So we've always planned to practice around this, uh, which would be tomorrow night, uh, to allow them to have time to, to participate in anything that they want to participate in uh, when it comes to this. Uh, you know, I think when you talk about platforms, um, you know, we here at Tennessee, I've said this before, we're going to use our platform uh, to help create change and to be at the forefront of it. Our players believe in it, our staff believes in it, and our administration believes in it. So we're going to continue to support them uh, in, in this movement uh, and tomorrow, and, 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 and it's something that will continue uh, for years to come.
4: Ryan. Hey, Coach. Uh, whether it's Quivaris Crouch or Sean Schamberger, it seems like you have a lot of guys on your defense that can play multiple positions. How much of an advantage is that versatility in a year with COVID and kind of all the uncertainty that that causes?
1: Well, one thing that um, always helps in any year is guys that that have knowledge um, and, you know, and and have experience. Uh, So if you understand the big picture, it gives you an opportunity to be at your best. Uh, It can help you make the players around you better. It creates value for you as a player uh, to be able to play multiple positions. And we have lots of guys within our program that can do that, Uh, whether it's playing, you know, corner and star and money uh, as a defensive back or safety and star and money, uh, a linebacker playing inside and outside or a D lineman that can play all across the front or an offensive lineman that can play, you know, two or three positions. Um, you know, or a wide receiver that can play multiple positions. So it just creates value for them. And it's something that we do conceptually as we continue to install, as as we teach things conceptually so the guys get the big picture. All right, time for two more questions. We'll go to Dan Harrelson and David Ubbett.
4: Hey, Coach. uh, Another guy on defense, Jalen McCullough. How much – or do you think he's grown – from right now compared to last year's second year in the program?
1: Well, he's a guy that, that's smart. He's tough. Uh, he's, he's had a little bit of experience in this league now. Uh, he'll be the first to tell you that he's got to continue to improve. Uh, he's got to improve on this man to man. He's got to be more of a playmaker and a an racer in the back end. Um, uh, and got and got a, and be more consistent day to day. But he's a guy that goes out there and works hard to do that every single day. We'll close with David's last question,
3: uh, Jeremy. What have you made of of your uh, freshman receiver group, and have any of those guys sort of uh, emerged at this point? The guys that you feel like you can lean on this uh, this fall.
1: Well, all those guys are going to have to play. Um, they all have plenty of ability. They run really well. Uh, they have instincts. They they all have soft hands. Um, you know, it's a different league. Uh, they're they're not playing high school ball anymore, where they can just run freely and they get free releases. Uh, the guys they're going against every day uh, or every Saturday um, are just as good athletes as they are. They're going to challenge them at the line of scrimmage. They're going to challenge them at the top of the breaks and their route progression, and they're going to challenge them for the catches. So they've got to. They've got to be able to, to make contested catches uh, when they block on the perimeter. Uh, you know, because they are younger guys. Uh, maybe they're not uh, developed uh, physically as much as they will be in a couple of years from now. So they've got to be strong at the point of attack. Uh, and and they're all learning. It's it's a whole new system for these guys, but the guys are very willing. They're eager uh, and they come and work hard every single day.
2: That was Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt speaking with us local reporters on Friday just before Tennessee announced that – actually, I guess it was uh, concurrent because this was when Jeremy Pruitt announced – Uh, To all of us, that Tennessee was not going to practice on Friday, uh, but wasn't just COVID talking there was also talk about uh, the quarterbacks, uh, Tank McCullough, the safety, uh, some versatility on defense, lots of interesting things I think came out of that interview. So again, if you want some analysis from that, we have that yesterday where where Patrick Brown and myself spoke about that in our most recent episode of the podcast. Uh, But for this one, I just wanted to play that Jeremy Pruitt interview so all of y'all could hear it. And coming back, we're going to have a bonus interview uh, that we had recently with Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. Certainly lots of buzz about that team, and understandably so. Uh, But before we get to that, we're going to go pay some bills and do all that other fun stuff. So hang tight with us. We'll be right back, and you will hear from Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. Hashtag at. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon
5: when a thought hits you. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker studio here on a Saturday evening, early Saturday evening. And actually, as I'm recording this, I did get confirmation uh, from something that I posted on GoVos 24 7's message board uh, a couple hours ago, which is that Tennessee is indeed returning to practice today. There will be a football practice, I should say. There's no uh, going to be no. Uh, photos, videos, anything like that afterward. That was the normal schedule. That was the initial schedule, anyway. So, uh, but anyways, Tennessee is back on the practice field, so good news there. Before we bring you this interview that we promised with Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes, I do want to go ahead and mention this. I'm going to do it on every podcast episode, and if you don't like it, you're going to get really tired of hearing it. Please, please go in there and subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to it. Hit the rate. Hit the rating button. Give us a review. Please, please do that, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, if you're on a Droid, there, got Google Play, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we're on every platform out there. Please, please go in there, hit that subscribe button, rate and review. Nothing you can do out there will help us more than that. It, it really will help us. We're happy to do this podcast for free. But that is the one thing that we ask for in return. Please go in there and do that so we can continue to spread this and, and add more wolves to our wolf pack, please. And if you have a question or a comment, go in there with the rating and review and do that. If you have something that you want us to talk about on this podcast, if you have a question, if you have uh, something that you like, something that you, you think we could do better, uh, or just a question that you'd like for us to, to, to answer on the show, please go in there and do that. I promise you, especially if it's on Apple Podcasts, we will go in there, we will see it, and we will discuss it on this program. We'll actually probably have some some more when we do our mailbag episodes in the future. We will prioritize the questions that come from uh, the Apple Podcast app and, and then from GoBoss247's Checkerboard and then, if necessary, social media. So please, please, please go in there and hit that subscribe button, rate and review. Please, please do that. That will be a big, big help to us. As promised, anyways, here's a recent interview that we had with Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. His Vols are projected uh, by some to p- perhaps be the, the preseason pick f- uh, for for winning the SEC championship, a top ten team according to some, a Final Four contender. Lots of hype around that program. Lots of lots of good stuff going on right there. Uh, a couple of grad transfer grad transfer uh, that came in, EJ Anasicki, and then the Oregon guard transfer. Uh, Victor Bailey or V.J. Bailey Jr., a guy who they like a lot, sat out last season. He's eligible now this year. Obviously, those two five-star guards coming in, uh, Fulkerson back, Pons back, Fescovi back, Josiah Jordan-James back, uh, Ticket Gaines back, uh, lots you know, Olivier Cumwa back, Uros Plavsic, lots and lots of talent on that team, lots of good things to discuss. And here is Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes discussing that. One quick note you're going to hear on the first couple minutes of this, you're only going to hear – Uh, the audio coming out of one side uh, of the track and normally that's something we could fix but the way this audio was sent to us it was sent in one file and part of it had uh, one channel, part of it had two channels. So it, it was kind of confusing, and, and, you know, I'm not Dr. Dre running this thing. So, uh, you know, basically we did what we could with it. Uh, the first couple of minutes are going to sound a little bit awkward. You'll hear it, but it'll all come from the left side. After that, though, vast majority of this, uh, it comes in clear and everything's good. So uh, without further ado, here is Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. All right, so
5: it, it has been a while, and, and, Coach, since we've last talked – Wanted to get your take on on what's transpired with the other conferences, you know, opting not to play fall sports uh, this year, and maybe what you've been told, if anything, by the SEC uh, moving forward about what what might happen playing wise with Southeastern Conference basketball and Tennessee basketball.
6: Well, to be quite honest, from where I sit, and this is my opinion, Rick, we've got to get football going first. I, I don't I don't even think that uh, with basketball you know, obviously as a conference, we've been talking about some certain things or not anything drastic, to be quite honest with you, because I think it's so important these next couple of weeks that we see how it goes with students being back on campus. And, but we got to get football up and going. I mean, that's the first and foremost thing. And depending on how that goes, uh, again, we'll, we'll come up with plans. There's no doubt. And, uh, we'll, actually I'm on a, a zoom call later this afternoon with some people to talk about some of those type plans, but, uh, you know, I think Danny Gabbett came out and said maybe sometime in the middle of September they might have something. I don't. Again, I don't know why we say September. I mean, we don't. Our first game wouldn't be until November the 10th, and uh, I don't know why we don't wait as long as we possibly can. And I just believe that uh, maybe being an optimist that we're gonna we're gonna go on time. And uh, what might happen? Some of the places that uh, we have some of these tournaments like New York or. Charleston, those kind of places, uh, you know, there has been dialogue about moving those maybe to Orlando and because there's a lot of teams that are in those that are going to lose some games because the other team's not starting up until January. But I think if football goes well, I think some of these schools will reconsider. And, again, understand that when they, uh, like the Big Ten, made their announcement, we got a call the very next day from Wisconsin saying, hey, we're planning on playing here, you know, our opener. So uh, we'll wait and see to
3: Grant Ramey and then Teresa after that. Rick, did you feel like what you guys were able to do in the summer, you were able to make the progress you wanted, or I guess how far behind schedule are you guys compared to a normal year?
6: Well, if if we're behind schedule, it's being behind with our younger players that that didn't get a full summer of what it really is like. you know, And they didn't get a taste of that until – you know, the last couple of weeks they were here in July because you know we didn't get didn't get to compete. I've, I've used the analogy: all summer felt like going to a uh, driving range, going to a putt a putting green, and going to a short game area, but never getting to play golf. That's kind of what the summer was because we they weren't allowed to play. They weren't allowed to have you know competition, you know one on one, two on two, three on three, four on four, or five on five. And uh, when we got back, we did that for the first time Friday. This past Friday, I think, uh, was the last first time they've competed since we were back from uh, from uh, Nashville. But you know what? With that said, Grant, I think we got a lot done. I, I think it helped. Uh, we we really took it back to the bare basics in terms of fundamentals and things that we wanted done. And we always spend the all season trying to work on guys' uh, individual weaknesses. But our older guys, if you ask me right now, are they behind? I would say they're not in terms of understanding. The, the grind, the, the commitment the, that goes into what you've got to get done every single day, and and the younger guys are they're still coming along with it. They're they're obviously good, talented players, but uh, they don't. Uh, this is all new to them. Teresa.
3: Good morning, Rick. Uh, I'm kind of Steve McGargy's replacement on the AP
1: beat, so uh, good to talk with you this morning. Uh, you mentioned waiting for football, but there's been some idea or some suggestions that maybe college basketball consider doing a bubble. Uh, Is that something that you've thought of and could college basketball maybe bubble up a little bit? And if so, have you, you know, what might that look like?
6: Well, yeah, there's been all kinds of thoughts because there are some coaches out there that they're talking about it. And, but again, I'm one of those guys that I I just think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on a lot of things and just let's see what happens with football and how how that goes. But I think what people talk about the bubble would be this, is um, you know most universities have gone to where, you know, they're going to finish up school by by Thanksgiving. So the whole month of December, you know, uh, like uh, if you take ESPN, they could take uh, the Maui Classic. They could take the Jimmy V. They could bring them all down there to a bubble. And for teams that are going to lose opponents because they're not playing until January, When those tournaments are over, they could put some teams that need that want more games together at a site like that. Uh, But I I just think right now we uh, again all those ideas are going to be have been tossed about and will be tossed about. But I personally still think that we just got to slow down a little bit and just see what happens and see how things go, especially these next couple weeks before we get to kick it off. Let's go, Mike Wilson, and then Rob Lewis.
5: Hey, Rick, were there any um, moments you sweat a little bit when it came to Eve's decision or, or did you always feel like he was coming back? And what does that that do for you guys to have him back for another season?
6: Well, we always want guys to get all the information they can and and there's so much unknown this year. Yeah, I mean, there's right. so much uncertainty. I mean, you think about it, you know, when players were allowed to, you know, to have agents the last couple of years, you know, the agents are going to do everything they can to, I think, to get him to go into the draft. and uh, uh, But with that said, you know, there was people at that point in time talking about there's not going to be a college basketball season, there's not going to be football There there's so many uncertainties. The NBA wasn't, you know, they backed everything up, and it's not a typical year. But the one thing that we knew that with Eve, that uh, he's a very well-thought-out person, and uh, again, that's there for him to go through to have a chance to interview with NBA teams. And I will tell you this, I do think that every NBA team that, that interviewed him were more impressed after talking to him because they understood what we know, how hard he works, his commitment, how much better he wants to get every day. And uh, but you know, he's hearing it from a lot of different people, but Eve is like I said, he, he thought it out with his circle of trust, his people back home and, and then uh coming back and it is he a difference maker? Absolutely. I mean he's improved. He, he has, but I think this year is going to give him a chance to walk into the NBA in the from the front door. I believe that because I think the growth he's made and will continue to make because he, he works. Uh, he's got a chance to really be in that league for a long time. Rob? Coach,
4: you're obviously bringing in some talented newcomers. What can you tell us about Keon and Jaden? How ready are they to help? And your Victor Bailey's been here, but, is going to be eligible how, how does he fit into the equation
6: well what those guys all those all three of those guys they give us versatility they can they can play multiple positions they both all three of those guys have the ability to be a lockdown defender plus that's three guys that can play off the dribble and and uh, create some shots for themselves but and also for their teammates but I think uh, uh, VJ's from a conditioning standpoint, obviously being in college as long as he has been and sitting out a year, you know, he's ahead of those guys from a physical. They, the, the other two have got to get themselves in shape. That's where the summer we weren't able to get them into really the kind of shape, conditioning that we want to have them in. And I'm not, not, not talking just physically. I'm talking about the mental side of it, you know, learning how to continue to play when you're tired, learning how to concentrate, think, and how to carry yourself when you're tired. And, you know, you kind of got you know, you to kick through the wall there. They haven't had a chance to really do that the way we like to. That's why these next couple, you know, weeks will be important to them. But uh from a talented standpoint, all three of those guys are talented and uh but they give us versatility and um, that's what and we and we need that. We haven't been as versatile as versatile as I think that we can be this year. And just Brent, uh, next, uh, go ahead, Rob, so go ahead.
4: I meant to ask you about EJ in that same same question. What is what have you seen from Anasicki?
6: man you talk about a guy that's a worker uh very serious uh he uh he's gonna do what he does i mean uh he he can, he can really rebound the ball because he really wants to rebound the ball has worked very very hard on working on his three point shot he, as you can imagine he's he's really good around the rim but uh he's a worker i mean he's one of those guys he goes in the gym and and after you spend time with him, you, whatever it is you're working with him on, he's going to go back and journal it and uh, keep up with. It. He's very serious, and uh, he, along with Eve and John and, and uh, Olivier, who has had a great summer and who Rose, you know, didn't get back as uh, as early as he'd like to, but those four post guys have all had great summers. Brent. Yeah,
4: Coach, just how have you handled
1: all of this with your, your team? You, you mentioned that, uh, you know, everybody should pump the brakes, but but these kids are hearing everything. They're reading everything on social media all the time. How do you handle kind of the discussions with your team about, you know, stay focused on what we're doing, even though there's so much unknown out there?
6: Well, I, I don't – again, I, I don't think there's any doubt. And it's, This is me. We, we've got to play an NCAA tournament. we got to play it. I mean, if 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 we don't, it's going to just absolutely make it almost uh, impossible for a lot of schools. And I'm not talking about the Power Five. I mean, the money that some schools get—it might be three hundred thousand dollars from the NCAA tournament. They go, which is a lot of money for a lot of people. Believe me. And uh, they go three year, two years without it. Uh, I don't. uh, Again, I I just know we got to have an NCAA tournament some way, somehow, and we will but you can't have an NCAA tournament without having some kind of regular season doing something. So what we have told our guys is what I'm telling you, I think we're going to play basketball. I'm like, I'm right here today. I think we're going to play on time, but now we don't know how all this is going to play out in the next, uh, I mean, I know how far we've come since we started with this pandemic. And uh, I know how uh, on our campus, you know, we've had unbelievable leadership. Uh, And I know in the athletic department, what we did this summer our guys did a terrific job of really doing what we asked them to do and you know they haven't really been in the locker room since they left in the spring we we do everything in Pratt they have our chairs spaced out on the court up there and that's where they you know that's where they dress uh, I mean that's where that's their locker for right now and then uh when they're in the weight room lifting they wear masks when they're on the court they don't wear a mask we wear masks but we've told them, we're, you know, we're, we're going about it like we're going to play, and if, uh, until they tell us not, you know, we're planning on getting ready for our first game against Wisconsin, and, and uh, that's what November 10th, I think, is what it did. I'm not sure, Tom, what it has it been so long since I've looked at it, but, uh, they you know, to answer your question, too, I, I think that they're young. I think that they, uh, they've done it, again, we're going one day at a time. They've done that. They've locked into that. But again, I just feel like uh, they're going to, unless something, again, as we know, everything's so fluid right now that anything can change from day to day, but, uh, but I, I'm a firm believer that we're going to play basketball.
3: That first game is November 11th, as scheduled. Uh, we'll go to Mike and then Rob. Rick, just, I mean, obviously with the pandemic changing everything,
5: what was this summer like for you um, with not being able to recruit and and what you were able to do in terms of seeing family, seeing friends, just how did, how are you affected this summer in terms of what it normally looks like?
6: Well, you know, in terms of family, you know, we didn't, we weren't going to travel away from here. We really pretty much hunkered down here in Knoxville because, you know, we weren't going to jeopardize anything to go see our family, our our kids, our grandkids kids in, in Texas obviously my son lives in the Middle East so we were here and uh had a you know a group of guys that we walked a lot did a lot of that uh I got into hunting golf balls you know and uh just trying to uh lost some weight did all that uh but uh the fact is I'd really tried to do what everybody else should have been doing I think everybody did you know I took very seriously what was going on and uh uh, but we pretty much stayed here the entire time,
4: Coach. What do you see Josiah's role being with the team this year, and just how much better is he physically with the injury in the rearview mirror?
6: You know, again, I would put him in that group of those guys we we're talking about with versatility. You know, where uh, Josiah is, he has. You know, he's played a lot. Of, he's played what really a lot of different things here. He, he, he is. Uh, a guy that I think, again, he he's still just scratching the surface to what he can do. But uh, as always, he he works hard. He uh, is ready. We're, we've done everything we could to make sure that we can get him healthy and keep him healthy. I was impressed with what he did. You know, he uh, the one thing I I told each guy that certain things that I thought when they were away from us what they should what they should do, and one one with him was his flexibility. I, I just felt like if he could really improve his flexibility, it could help him in a lot of areas and. He took it really seriously. He, uh, I mean, he really did. He got to where he could maybe when, you know, sitting on the floor, legs out front, could bend maybe at a 45-degree angle. Now he can put his head between his legs. And uh, so he really worked it. He took it very seriously. and, and uh, But he's a guy that, again, I think is going to play all over the court for us.
3: We'll go to Grant and then looking for more questions. Rick, have you been able to see anything from Santi since he got back? Has he been on the floor. Kind of what, what kind of summer was he able to have uh,
6: at home? Well, maybe in some ways he probably had the best summer because he uh, was able to. play. played, you know. He played. He's, he's back. He's in better shape. He looks leaner. Uh, I think he, he's. Uh, he hasn't. You know, we've watched him work out and play. I mean, he's. Uh, he's. I think he's improved. But the biggest thing a year ago, you know, we never. He never really had a chance to get himself in the kind of shape that he is now in, the kind of shape he will be in by the time we get ready to kick it off. But he's such just, he's just a smart player; and understands his game, and uh, everybody likes to play with him. So uh, when we've watched him play a little bit, they have, uh, you know, he's he's again he's he's pretty sharp right now because of what I think he did while he was back home playing. Back to Rob Lewis, then Matt Ray.
4: Coach, not to pump the hype machine too hard here early, but when you, and I know know you've not done a lot of five on five stuff, but when you just look at this roster, do you think this has a chance to be your most athletic team since you've been here?
6: Yeah, I would say I I think that would be a fair assessment. I do. I think we got a chance to be a terrific defensive team. We can get everybody to buy into it because I think we'll have the ability to do a lot of different things defensively, some things we haven't done in the past. Uh, And then offensively, with what we've done and where we are, we, uh, you know, we can be better there too, obviously, but, uh, this group is athletic. I, you know, when, uh, again, I, I go back and I think of, of John and, and I think of, uh, Eve are you know, they're here, they're going to, it's important that they step up and be the leaders. Cause I think your best teams are going to come when you've got great leadership and from them. And, uh, both of those guys aren't, as you guys know, the, uh, you know, outgoing, you know, people on the court. That, But but John has gotten much better. Eve has who They both have. But That's the step that those guys have to take for us to help us and help those young guys to understand what we're up against and um, help them make that quick adjustment because we're going to need the young guys as we get into it to play the way we want to play. And that's a lot of pressure from start to finish both ways. You know, uh, we want to play a 94-foot game both ways if we can. Coach, staying on the John Fulgerson topic, there. What have you saw from him from a growth and development standpoint this summer, and what is he really? What's what's been his focal point in trying to continue to grow his game? Well, I think what happened a year ago, and everything with you know Lamont's injury, then Santi coming in, and in fact, we had to make uh, ourselves up and over so many different times. You know, once we and then we decided we we're going to really play through John and and Eve and. Uh, I think that helped him more than anything for some reason towards the end of February or somewhere in February, the light went off where he became a different person. He, his approach really changed. And I, have asked him about it. I don't, I, you know, and I actually uh, asked him a couple of weeks ago, I said, John, how much did that injury your freshman year set you back? And he said a lot more than a fault. Uh, Cause I, I could, I could never understand why he was holding back. But I think what, the way he finished, and I think we'd have had another month of the season. I'm not so sure he wouldn't have been Player of the Year in the league, but, uh, and he carried that over. You know, he he was a guy that, uh, again, even though we weren't here, we, we stayed in touch with our guys every day, and he worked at it. He's been back on campus. He's really working at it. You know, we've told him for his future he's going to have to expand his, his shooting ability to step out further, which he's capable of doing. He just has never, honestly, put the time into make it a big part of his game, but he's doing it now. His body, finally, you look at him, he's gotten bigger and, uh, and there's no rhyme or reason to how that happens. Some guys just take a little bit longer, but he is starting to get the kind of strength that you want him to have. And, uh, but he, but he's very focused and, uh, he's, uh, but he, I do think he's added some things to his game. You know, he, uh, he's a guy that we trust with the ball. He's a guy that we think can make plays with the ball and, uh, uh so and his his energy and we just gotta keep him getting better like that's kind of what we do with all of them but uh he he's hungry for it right now he's got a, he and he are both two guys and you put i'd put uh ej and i'd put uh i'd probably put olivier in groups guys that are just really they're, they're after it right now they they really want to they really want to uh make a difference and. Uh, you know, Josiah, we've, again, we've worked with him on some things, but uh, we've got some guys that really, really want to get after this. And uh, so that's a good thing. Back to Mike Wilson. and looking for more questions.
5: Coach, what are you kind of locking on with Urosh in terms of where his development has to be to to really step it up to kind of the way he played it at Mississippi State on a consistent level?
6: Well, you know, he Uros came back with a little bit more weight on him, which I thought was good, and you can see his body starting to develop too. And and uh, I think his biggest thing again is getting him to uh, to understand what he's really good at and and play to that. I, I think one he's gonna he's gonna get a great daily now every day. You know, with our, when you think about uh, uh, John, Eve, uh, EJ, Olivier, and him those guys are going to get to compete every day and that's going to help him as much as anything. And, uh, but, but he's a worker too, you know, he's in the gym and, uh, uh, you know, he came back and, you know, he missed, I think he came back, he was quarantined, uh, for what a couple of weeks. And then he, uh, so by the time he, he got ready to go, everybody was sort of getting ready to go home, you know, for a couple, for a week there, to, uh, with a break, but, uh, he, uh, he just – I think he's going to have to learn to really play in tight spaces and he's going to have to learn to quit dribbling the ball as much as, as he likes to. He doesn't need it. He's just going to have to get it out of his game because he's he's learned how to start getting his position on the court where he wants to be, but he's going to have to do his work early and understand that when he gets the ball, he's going to have to be able to make a little bit quicker play with it as opposed to getting it, thinking about going to make this move or that move. Uh, he just – He's got to get lower. There's no doubt he's got to get lower and learn to play down a little bit. But uh, we're all happy with him being back here because I mean he's such a fun guy to be around every day. And uh, but he'll he'll be fine. He will. He you know he'll he'll be able to do what we need him to do before it's all said and done. Let's go back to Grant. What
3: yeah, what is what's uh, Jaden Springer kind of bring to the table? What what's he need to? What's he done since he got here? I guess and what's he, what's kind of the next step for him in terms of. Uh, being a contributor
6: early conditioning. There's no doubt it's conditioning. I'd say the same thing for, uh, Keon, you know, I'd say the same thing for Corey. It's all conditioning. They've got to get themselves to a point to where they understand what conditioning really means. And, uh, but what, uh, Jaden does Jaden, uh, he, he understands what he's good at. And he, uh, when he gets in a game, when they're playing, he, he knows where, where to go, get done what he needs to get done. And, uh, He's uh, he's a worker too, but it, uh, again, he uh, when I when I say worker, I mean I, I think you guys know that's kind of what our culture is built on. But he, he's a, he's a guy that uh, conditioning right now, where he's got to he's got to get better there, and once he does, that's going to take him to a whole different level. Rob, and Mike,
4: Coach at, at point guard, do you envision? I mean, you got Josiah and Santi who both played there. Jaden played it at IMG Academy. Vic, Victor Bailey played it in practice last year. all four of those guys in competition, do you do you, do you know what you're going to do there yet?
6: What I like to do is I'd like to let the best rebounder be the point guard, whoever gets it, go with it. That's why that's one thing we're able to do with these guys individually. We did try to teach them all, you know, what goes to playing that position. And I'm telling you, it's, it's the hardest position on the court to play. But our our thoughts are, as many, if, they, if those guys can get it and go with it and create, you know, I mean, if they can go where we want them to go with it, that's what we'd like to see as opposed to just one guy out there that can handle the ball. Because we do think that we've got a chance to be a terrific rebounded team, and, uh, but whoever's out there, we'd like to think that they get a hold of it, they can go with it. Rick, um,
5: with a guy like Corey Walker, obviously having a lot of experience back in the post, is it hard for him to carve out minutes early? Or, and what do you need to see from him for him to establish a role on this team?
6: Getting in shape. He, he's not going to be able like, he's got to get in shape. You know, he's going to, again, he's going to have to get himself. Uh, like, and again, I'm, I'd say this for most you know, guys coming in and that's where, the, our normal summer, they would have already been there. Uh, I'm telling you, they would, have, they would have had it figured out, and uh, we would have gotten them a lot further along than, than they are right now. But, uh, you know, Corey is uh, – he, he's, he's, he's a step-out guy. He, he is, but uh, he's got good skill. But like those other guys, he's got to get in shape. That's, before, he, before he can do anything, he's got to get himself in the kind of shape that it takes to play at the level that we wanted things sustained at. As a follow-up to that, in an ideal world, would you be able to redshirt a big man this year? Yeah, I think we – I think we do, – I, I do. I think we could uh, look at it and see. Uh, I, I don't want to waste any of these guys. And, and again, we're not – we would never redshirt somebody if we didn't think they had a future. And uh, so – and that's something we would never decide until, uh, you know, we got closer to the opener probably. And uh, – but, yeah, I, I do think there's a possibility that we can do that this year. All right, we'll take one last
3: call for questions. Go ahead, Grant. Rick, Rick, how do you think your staff has handled the last six months, both in terms of adapting to a a different recruiting world uh, and working with players on the court this summer in a a different setting kind of?
6: They're they're the the best. I'm telling you, I'm blessed. I've got the best staff and support people around me. There is out there. And, I mean, uh, you know, the one thing that they, even going into this year, you know, they were two years out in front recruiting. They, they, they know what they're doing. They're experienced. They work well together. They help each other. They, you know, whatever they need to do, they're gonna, they're gonna do that way with it. They've taken advantage of what we've had to do with the Zoom calls or whatever. You know, they're on top of that and with the players. I mean, they're uh, they're coaches. And, and, and we all, and I in recruiting, whatever they tell me to do, I do, but uh, I've said it before, those three guys that I have right now, they're ready to head any program in the country. They, they work at it. They know how to deal with people. They uh, understand players. They work hard with players, and uh, they like being in the gym, but with all that said and done, they still put a lot of time in, and the fact that the time that they spend in the gym with guys with, you know, daily vitamins, and then Obviously, uh, recruiting it's a it's a non stop schedule for them and and believe me I'm uh, thankful and, and and blessed that I've got these guys because uh, the chemistry with them is really 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 good.
2: That was Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes who had a lot of interesting things to say as per usual. Barnes is is never a shy one. He he always tells you what's on his mind whether you want to hear it or not, which I really appreciate and which I think. Uh, most fans appreciate more often than not. Uh, There are times where I think people uh, wish Barnes, uh, fans anyway, wish Barnes would say oh, why did you say that? You did have to say it like that. I appreciate it. I think most people do too. Uh, Just come straight over the top. Be honest and and I think Barnes does a really interesting job there. Had a lot of interesting things on that Zoom call that we had with him recently. And I think, I think as I promised that's gonna just about do it guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening as always. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, uh, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash twenty four seven, or you can go to facebook.com slash twenty four seven, which isn't. Exclusively Tennessee news. Uh, there's also some some SEC news, other major college football stuff and basketball stuff on there. The occasional Preds or Grizzly story, you know, something like that. Titans. Mostly though, the Vols there at Facebook.com/goVols247. Or if you want that delicious East Tennessee mountain water, that delicious mountain spring water right from the source, go to goVols247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets for Tennessee athletics coverage. Uh, And if you hurry, by the end of this month, you'll get our 10-year anniversary sale where you get the first year subscription for 50% off, which is a crazy good deal. Uh, You should go take advantage of that. Uh, And if you already pay us full price, then you get access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's fabulous streaming app. You get everything in the CBS catalog, every show ever made on the network, commercial-free, new movies that come in there uh, every single month. New, new movies always rotating in there. Uh, plus, you've also got not just stuff from CBS, but also stuff from other Viacom properties uh, like the Smithsonian Channel, uh, like BET, like uh, Comedy Central, like uh, Nickelodeon for the kids. I know the kids, a lot of times, you're, you're quarantined in or, or stuck in with the kids. Well, how about something for them to watch there? Boom. If you pay us full price, you get free access to CBS All Access in perpetuity, as long as you are a full-paying member of our site. And if you're a full-paying member of our site, that's less than one single individual mediocre lunch per month. So that's a pretty, pretty darn good deal. Uh, plus, we're just going to throw in 100 bucks there in annual value, more than $100 actually, in your pocket for nothing. So please, please go take advantage of that. If you're not taking advantage of CBS All Access, Why are you doing that? That's like you go to a buffet and you don't want the ice cream afterward. Come on, what are you doing? Go get the ice cream. Go do that. And please, please go in there and rate and review this podcast wherever you're subscribing to it. We appreciate you listening, but we really, really want you to go in there and rate and review this podcast and mash that subscribe button. Help us grow this wolf pack. Let's get this thing going. Falls are back at practice. Everything's going well there, so you should hear from us again. If nothing crazy happens on Sunday, you should hear from us again on, uh, I guess, Monday. See ya.